thank you for tuning in to the 129th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Being recorded from Murphy Studios, Murphy Hall, University Heights, Ohio, John Carroll University. Daryl D. Lane is here. I'm going to have a great show for you all today. Uh, another one of the Kobe tributes. It's going to be really interesting, going to be really fun. We're going to have Brett Swader on. Uh, he's from down south. We're going to have Caleb Reardon on. He does a podcast, um, Pointless Sports Opinions podcast, and he is from St. Louis, so we're going to have him on. We are, we're also going to have Jason Cavari on. Jason Cavari uh, does a lot of NBA history with me, talks some football with me on my podcast usually. And we're going to have my man to start off uh, these interviews, my brother, Silas Garrison, and just all, like, where were you when you found out the news? How was your feeling? Just the impact Kobe left, because it's interesting. Like, and like I said in the last podcast, last Kobe tribute podcast, everybody here is from different walks of life, uh, different races, different ethnicities, different parts of the country, but everybody can come together and talk about what Kobe specifically meant to them, and I think that's the special part, and that's the impact Kobe had. So without ado, we're going to get to the interview I had with Silas Garrison, Come up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Silas Garrison with us. How you doing, Silas? Uh, now we have some somber news to talk about. Uh, this is the second part of our uh, Kobe memoriam, kind of. Uh, best moments of Kobe Bryant that tragically passed away on Sunday uh, with his uh, 13-year-old daughter Vanessa and uh, seven other people. Uh, the first question I'm going to ask you, Silas, is what was your first reaction when you heard the news? Where were you at? Right. So um, I was in New York City uh, with my girlfriend. We had run away for... Uh, weekend getaway and we were in the hotel uh we just woke up and we were getting ready to go for breakfast and funny enough i i, I was just watching lebron the night before passing and that night we were watching kobe bryant highlights with lebron james highlights and all of that and of course that sparked a great conversation of who's better and all that other stuff which at the time said felt very relevant, and then you know because of the tragedy, it felt foolish. Um, and then I had woken up. We were getting, and when I was in the restroom, I just came out. Uh, I just came out of shower, and uh, Christine was like, "Silas, something happened to Kobe." And like I ran out of the restroom, and I just grabbed the phone because. I thought she was talking about my little brother. My little brother's named after Kobe Bryant. So I thought she meant, like, my little brother Kobe because I couldn't fathom in anything, in any capacity, something happening to Kobe Bryant. She said, no, 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 it's not your little brother. We're talking about Kobe Bryant. And naturally, as I had a relief that my little brother was okay, I felt the somberness when I had looked up and realized that there was, uh, there had been an accident concerning Kobe Bryant. And when they said that he had passed, uh, my jaw just hit the 
not believe it. Um, and we pretty much just stayed in the hotel, just telling Kobe stories and, you know, really trying to do what the rest of the world is doing, kind of trying to just make sense of it. What do you remember most about Kobe Bryant? Well, I think the record will show that if we go back, um, in, uh, you know, like some podcast ago, maybe a year ago, um, I had brought up Kobe Bryant, and I was saying his attitude and his tenacity uh, is something that is legendary. It's something that's made up of just a different cloth. And that's what I'm going to take away from Kobe. Um, I'm going to look at two things. Number one, his killer mentality, which was completely copied by Michael Jordan. He copied Michael Jordan to a T. And I don't give him any slack for that. Because number one, how, how to, to even dare to try and be somewhat of Michael Jordan in this era was ridiculous. And for him to even come closer is just, just as close as you can without reaching it, I think was spectacular. It takes somebody with guts, somebody with courage, and somebody with grit to even be able to try and accomplish that. And to almost come in, almost even usurp the goal is, is, is something that's just otherworldly. And obviously, just remembering his his, his tenacity, um, his ability to make everybody else around him not even necessarily better, but to will them to win. You just have people still in this lifetime where they can just bend the world to their demands. Like it's just like no matter what happens, I just I'm gonna have it my way. And that can make a lot of people sick, and it can also uplift a lot of people. For me, that's uplifting to know that there's a man on this, on this, on this, you know, that was in this world who just said, "No, it's got to happen the way exactly how I wanted it to." You know, one of the best ways of of proving my point, you point to his last game. There was no reason why Kobe Bryant should have dropped 60 in his last game. Like that should never happen. There's no reason why Shaq should think that Kobe was going to drop 50. But we just know what Kobe's made of, you know? There's just something different about that man. And when he started the game, it was a terrible game. And he was just like, guys, yeah, it should be a terrible night for me. But it's just not going to happen. Because I'm going to have it my way. I'm going out on my terms. And that's that's really all I can remember for him. Just just those two things. I would love to say, and a father and all this, which, of course, I, I love. Um, in fact, I followed uh, Gigi pretty much from the time that she picked up a basketball because I was like, she's going to rule the WNBA. I was more of a fan of Gigi uh, for the past, like, three years than I, than I was at Kobe at the, at the, you know, at the latter part of his career. Um, and thanks to social media, obviously, all that and everything else, I digress. But just being able to remember his mentality and the fact of the matter that, like, I will be the first person to say I've never really got around to developing the idea of mama mentality, and I don't think I'm ever going to reach that. But just in terms of a true hunger to have it your way, I definitely say I have that, and it's definitely because of the mentorship that I've seen from afar from Kobe Bryant. And it's really interesting, Silas, because I know you, Silas. We grew up together uh, wrestling and football, and you kind of always had, and I know you're a LeBron fan, but you always had more of a Kobe mentality than a LeBron mentality. You're always kind of like, yeah, I'm the baddest mofo out there. You always kind of had that persona to you, Silas. Yeah, right. 
I, uh, I, I, I will always say this, no matter what, in spite of, in spite of anything, I definitely have a more, uh, I, me and Kobe and I have more in common than, than me and LeBron do. That's, that's 100% true. I think the storyline behind LeBron James is for why uh, I love him so much. Um, I think that's all it is. And here's the thing. LeBron was just my heir, you know? That's all. It was, uh, you know, if, if I was, let's see, maybe three, four years younger, it would be Kobe. LeBron's just my heir. The same way growing up, uh, I'm sure, you know, my little sister, she's, a, she's a, you know, a very good basketball player. She's like now in Western New York. The person that she was going to be watching is Giannis. That's all she could talk about. All she could talk about is Giannis and Steph Curry. Like, that's her generation. So I just think it was a matter of, being, of the time that you were born, you know, and when those particular players were in their prime. But in terms of my mentality, you're 100% right. Obviously, being one of my best friends, you know that about me. I've always adopted more of a, of a killer mentality. Um, in basketball specifically, I was more like LeBron just from – I was never the scorer that he was, never that efficient. But more in, in terms of their game – more of a pastor trying to set people up. Uh, I get a thrill out of watching other people score. Um, uh, so I would say in that perspective, just in basketball, it was more Kobe, but it, absolutely any other sport, it was it was definitely a, a, a Kobe's mentality. And it's funny because I was uh, talking about this a couple podcasts ago. And I was saying this, the most interesting thing about Kobe was, uh, I think it was the TNT thing with uh, Derek Fisher and all of them, uh, Shaq and Kenny and Charles, right? And... They were talking about it, and they were always like, Kobe was an a-hole, right? And he was very, and people kind of were turned off by his personality at sometimes. And I, I forget who said it was, but they said, uh, you know why Kobe was like that? You know why Kobe thought he was better than you? It wasn't because he was just arrogant and thought he's better than you. He thought he was better than you because he knew he worked twice as hard as you. So, yeah, he thought he was better than you. Because <laughs> when he was all alone... We, yeah. When he was all alone on a Saturday night and everybody's hanging out and he's at the gym, yeah, that's why he thinks he's better than you. And he knows he's better than you. And quite frankly, he's going to tell you he's better than you. Yeah. I have, I'll tell you what, I never had a problem with that. And look, I get why that would turn off a lot of people. But at the end of the day, how many people, how many people stopped them? <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, if you. You hear it all the time, especially in football. You know, you get a person like Richard Sherman who's much better about you, but yet Richard Sherman's been to like three, four, you know, NFL Super Bowl championships. Shut them up. You know, score on them. So, and people can't shut up Kobe. And look, Michael did the same thing. Like, <laughs> like Michael isn't exempt from this conversation. Like, Michael's the exact same way. I remember uh, a story about Michael Jordan that my papa told me. And they were saying, like, Michael likes to kick people out to eat, so then during the game, they'll go easier on him. He has friends. And then Michael hung, like, 50 or something that night. And he said to the reporter, he's like, I guess I didn't make any friends tonight. <laughs> you know? And, like, that's, like, something in my generation. I'm like, oh, that's something Kobe would probably do, like, hands down. Right? So I, I definitely feel what you're saying. That's just the type of guy he was. And look. Nobody's saying that Kobe was perfect. All you have to do is hit Google and know that the man wasn't perfect. But in terms of a sheer competitor, like if I had to draw up what I want a bat, and I'm getting, I'm getting ready to coach uh, the spring camp 
um, in a spring week here uh, in Buffalo, and I'm getting ready to coach, uh, you know, the summer camp league uh, for the YMCA here in, in, in Buffalo, New York. And I want a player with a mentality like a Kobe Bryant. Don't take me off. I'm fine. I want the ball in my hand. I want to be able to score. I want it to come down to me. I want you to love me and hate me because I either made this shot or missed But let it be on my turn. And I would rather take a person like that. I'd rather have a person who I have to calm down than a person who I have to get involved in the game. And, 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 and I, I thank Kobe for that mentality. And it's also interesting, too, a story, too, Dwayne Wade said. Uh, I guess that Miami Heat blew out the Lakers uh, one game. Uh, and Dwayne Wade kind of got the best of Kobe. He kept fouling every time Kobe kept fading away, kept hitting his hand. So you know what Kobe did after the game? Dwayne Wade gets done with this press conference. He walks, and then he sees Kobe shooting shots at his gym, and he brought one of the Lakers' uh, trainers and had him hit his hand like Dwayne Wade was to simulate that, and he, and he was doing it for hours. And then, du- and then Dwayne Wade was like, what the F? This dude can't outwork me in my own gym. So then Dwayne Wade's like, right. okay, I'm getting my clothes, and I'm going upstairs, and I'm working out. Right. The crazy, I, remember, I remember another story. Um, it was, it was, what? It wasn't against, uh, it wasn't against D-Wade. It was in an all-star game against Jordan. And Jordan didn't give him his props, and it was it, it, it was so funny because my because Kobe never forgot about it. And I remember uh, Carmelo, Carmelo like talking about the conversation that they had had about it, and he was saying how like he never forgot about it. He always held a grudge over it, and he was saying like if Kobe was here today, all you had to do was hear him talk about it, and you could see it in his eyes. Like he was, you could know it right in a in a moment's notice. Like yeah, he's still not over it. You know, he wanted that attention. He wanted that credit. He wanted you to know that he was the greatest, and like he wanted to hear you say it. So like, he always said the same thing when he was retired. He's like, I gave everything I had to the game. I can't miss something because there was nothing else for me to give. Like, I think that's just where I want to be at when I'm, whatever I'm doing. You know, you go all the way, absolutely everything that you do, and then you can live with the result. That's beautiful. And look, the thing that I'm hurt for the most. You know, you now I have a sister, uh, you know, Jari, and I was just at one of her basketball games the other night, and she put up a double-double. Uh, she had, I think it was 12 points, 10 assists, and I'm just looking at her like, I love watching you play basketball. I taught you how to play basketball. And to think that, like, that could have easily been her at that point. You know what I mean? Like, or that helicopter, excuse me. So, you know, after the Kobe situation, I just had to go and tell everybody, look, how much you mean to me, because it's just a constant reminder of how short this really is. you got to give people their flowers while they're here. Now, I, I do want to ask you this, too, because and LeBron's kind of mentioned this. Uh, he mentioned this the last couple of weeks. And Dwayne Wade's mentioned this and other guys, Chris Paul, Carmelo. Kobe was the standard for a lot of these guys. Like, Kobe was the guy that they were all chasing. They were like, I need to be better than that guy. Just talk about that. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things you'll see is that even when Kobe was, a, was, when Kobe was alive, I'll tell you this right now, there wasn't really a person that got him more respect than Kobe Bryant. And for him to be the standard, first of all, what a person to be the standard to. Um, 
you know, a person who just absolutely won't be denied, a person who's who's trying to take your heart. And that type of player, he brings out the best out of you, you know. It's no coincidence that he was friends with Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Chris Paul, uh, you know, the list goes on and on, against people who bring out the best in Kobe Bryant. And if you look at the numbers, their best games came against Kobe, and Kobe's best games came against them, you know. So it's no surprise that 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 was the case. I remember Kobe Bryant was on LeBron in an All-Star game, and it was like five seconds left. And everybody was like, all right, here we go. It's LeBron versus Kobe. And this is the this is the game within the game that people love about basketball. Like, there can be those isolation situations where it's like, give me the damn ball, let's go. It's me and you, winner take all. And that's what it came down to in that All-Star game. And LeBron passed, tried to pass the ball all the way across the court to, like, Carmelo to, like, get a three, and the ball got stolen, they ended up losing the game. And people make the argument because LeBron just didn't want to face Kobe right there. I don't really subscribe to that. I think it was, like, LeBron, like he always does, he's like, I'm a pass-first player, and I'm going to do that in spite of the situation. But, like, it was funny. Wayne Wade, who was his teammate at the time, Carmelo, who's his best friend, and uh, Chris Paul came up to him, like, what the hell are you doing? Face him. And then Kobe grabbed him, grabbed him by the chest and said, what are you doing? You take me one-on-one. He's just demanding greatness. And I have to, and I have to say this too. If I did have to say what, and this, don't, nobody misconstrue what I'm saying. If I had to take a person to be a teammate for LeBron James, I would take Kobe Bryant. Because he would demand, he would demand greatness from that man. Just absolutely demanded. The same way he demanded out of everybody's teammates. Uh, the same way he demanded it from everybody. So he just straight demands greatness. And for that, I would have to say that it would be uh, Kobe Bryant. Silas, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And coming up next, after the break, on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Jason Gavari on the show. Cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. And come up next after the break. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. And we are continuing uh, the tributes of Kobe Bryant. He tragically passed away uh, really about a week ago now, uh, Sunday. Really, yeah, a week ago. Seven days ago, um, to be exact. And we have Jason Gavari on to talk about a big basketball fan. Uh, how you doing, Jason? Pretty good, my man. Yourself? I'm, I'm doing good. Now, the first thing, Jason, I have to ask you, where were you when you heard the news that Kobe died? Where were you? was actually uh, leaving the bathroom, coming back to my room, um, and I checked my phone as I walked in, and my roommate said, Kobe's dead. And I said, you're joking. And I check, and this is just when all the texts and messages start pouring in from all my friends and Bleacher Report and ESPN. I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I missed it. And it all just blew up on my phone. Really? Yeah. So you were at first, you're like, you're messing with me. Like, yeah, like this kid, when this, I walked in. This can't be real. Then you're like, holy crap, this is real. Uh-huh. Now, 
You mentioned something interesting to me, and you did an interesting tribute to Kobe. What was that? So we went to play, the two of us, uh, to play ball. Me and my roommate were both into uh, basketball quite a bit. And I figured my way to honor him would be to just play with no inhibition. And I've played the best I've played, honestly, in memory that I could remember. Everything was working. It was beautiful, like a work of art. And that was my tribute to him, playing that day as well as I did. Now, what's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? My favorite Bryant moment? Probably have to be dropping 81 on Jalen Rose. Just because I'm not a Jalen Rose fan at all. It's just the funniest thing. Because you can see it still bothers him so much and everyone rags on it. Yeah. Being that part of history. Now, it's really interesting too because I think, and somebody made a really interesting point about this too, about kind of like the loss of Kobe Howard affects LeBron. Because what they said is, because I guess Kobe kind of became kind of like a mentor to these guys more. And I guess the thinking was, how do people honestly know what it's like to be in LeBron's shoes? Like, to have that much pressure on you. To have that much of a following. And he's like, Kobe knows what that's like. And Michael Jordan. And he's like, Michael Jordan probably isn't going to have those conversations with LeBron. It was probably Kobe. And Kobe's gone. So just talk about that. Just talk about the relationships that he built with people. Yeah, that's true. And when you look at those three, I mean... You know, they were. I mean, now it's the two. But those three are considered, you know, the general consensus that they're the best ever, those three. I mean, you could put different players up there. But a lot of people will tell you, you know, MJ, Kobe, LeBron, three of the best ever do it. Um, And MJ, obviously, is uh, notoriously private with giving advice. Even in the the public eye, he's very private. Keeps to himself. Doesn't really talk to many people. So Kobe was the more accessible one of that trio there. And it's interesting that LeBron's lost that now, you know. It's almost like he's got shoes to fill in terms of what Kobe was doing for so many players. I think LeBron's going to play better now because of this because they're like, we're going to do it for Kobe. Do you think that can actually help? I think he's going to be more motivated to fill those shoes and to, to try to raise his game to another level. I don't know how far, you know, how, how much further he's going to go with it, but I know he's going to try harder. Now, there's something I do want to ask because when you mentioned, like, you didn't know what happened at first people were lying. Did you hear about the Rick Fox news? I thought I heard that from you. No, I no, I told you, but yeah. originally what happened is people said Rick Fox, a former basketball player, played with Kobe in the early Shaq Lakers 2000s. People said Rick Fox died on the plane. And it was kind of effed up because yeah. his family's all calling him. They're like, oh, my God, what's going on? And he's not answering his phone. And then he finally calls his best friend. And then his best friend's like, you're alive. <laughs> and then he's like, of course I'm alive. And then he's like, oh, everybody's telling you you're on the helicopter. And he's like, what? It's about how, like, how emotionally draining it was for his family. And that, I think that's also when it leads into, like, nobody knew exactly what was happening. Because at first there were reports that there were all of his daughters were on the helicopter with him. Then it was just him. Then it was just Gigi. Like, there were a lot of different reports. So just talk about that and how you were kind of like, when did you first finally sit and you were like, okay, this is all definitely happening. Well, when the uh, the official reports came in from ESPN and Bleacher Report that Kobe had passed, I mean, obviously that's reputable sources. You're not going to dispute the news from there. So we knew it was him. And this was before we went to go play. So on the way, we were getting more and more reports. I remember the one that said that all his daughters were on. And then some that came out in the following hours that, you know, said that it actually wasn't all his daughters, that it was Gigi, that there were some of her teammates on board. And, like, slowly over the next couple hours, like, when we would check our phones, we'd see updates. And then eventually it came to the news that we know today. Where for you, where does Kobe rank all time for you? All time? I would say definitely top five. Top five? Top five okay. I would say. Okay. And what's your top five look like? 
Oof. There's no particular order, no particular order. Oh, no particular order. Okay, well, MJ, obviously, LeBron is up there. Kobe, I would say. And then also, ooh, I would say Wilt. We would put top five. And then, oh, tough, tough. Mm. This is difficult, actually. Because, <laughs> like... With that fifth spot, like, there's so many people to put there, but then, like, you feel bad leaving anybody else out. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I'd feel bad giving a fifth, you know, leaving someone off that should be on. Oh. Hmm. I kind of want to say, like, part of me wants to say Bill Russell. Okay. But then part of me, ooh. That is that is bugging me, man. That is bugging me on the spot, having to decide on that fifth spot. Magic Bird. Yeah, but then Kareem. Which one do you put on there? Kareem. Kareem. Okay. Yeah, like a lot. It's, 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 it's hard. Tough. Yeah, with that fifth spot, because you got to pick one, but you leave guys. all those other guys off. Shaq. I mean, no, I yeah. wouldn't say Shaq. No, Shaq probably not. Duncan, uh, probably mm-hmm. not. But it's like tough. It's tough to have that many. Now, how do you feel about Kobe being the logo? People have talked about that. Him becoming the logo. I think it would be a nice tribute at this point. And Jerry West himself has said that he doesn't want to be the logo anymore. So I don't think there's any reason not to do it. You know, to honor one of the league's, you know, great heroes who died so tragically, this is a great way to do it. You know, in this uh, this modern era of the NBA, you just change it to uh, to Kobe. What, way, what do you think would also be a good way to help uh, tribute Kobe? Like, like, what do you think some other ways the NBA could use to help, you know, honor his memory? Personally, the uh, the ways that I would do it if I were commissioner, I would obviously change the logo to Kobe like we talked about. And then I would also retire 8 and 24 league-wide, both numbers. Nobody would ever wear those again. And maybe also have a day, you know, for Kobe, like, you know, like 8-24. Or, well, no, that wouldn't. I mean, August 24th, there's no games then. But some sort no, of you could have a remembrance. Like a... A regular, like a basketball camp or something. Because you know, like how involved he was in women's basketball and all right. this other stuff. So maybe they could do something like that. And that's my next one. You don't see a lot of star male athletes have so much support for women's sports. And part of that was because of his daughters and stuff. But like, he was kind of really, because you know, nobody watches the WNBA. That's not really what people watch. But right. uh, I, I kind of felt like him and the way Gigi was, they're kind of making women's basketball more popular. Did you kind of see that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they were some of the big draw to it. Yeah. Like you would see through them like social media for example stuff with the WNBA and it's a shame that they're gone because they drew a good bit of attention to it what will you remember most about Kobe like when I say Kobe Bryant what do you think honestly the mindset more than anything else I know that's such a stereotypical answer you know that mama mindset but it's such an important thing I think to take away from his life and I feel like it's what he would want everyone to take away from his life that Non-stop, hard-working, persevering through anything, killer mindset that's so rare. But if you have it, it guarantees success. And I think that's the biggest thing to take away from his life. Jason, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate course, it. man. Always a pleasure. And once again, I want to thank Jason Kavari for coming on the show. And cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Brett Swader on the show. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. We have my man, Brett Swader, on the show. How you doing, Brett? Uh, good as always, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, uh, I'm talking a little bit about, you know, uh, this podcast is kind of dedicating Kobe Bryant, who tragically passed away uh, a couple of Sundays ago. So, Brett, I just want to first know, where were you when you heard the news? And what was your reaction? I was actually on my way to California when I found out. I, I believe I was, and I was actually driving, unfortunately, not, not flying. So I actually believe I was somewhere around Iowa, Nebraska area, just riding through a boring day or morning in the car, or in the truck, I should say. And then uh, next thing I know, I get a text message from uh, my uncle, actually. And, he, and all he said was, Kobe Bryant died, and I didn't even respond. I just kind of looked at it and stared, and then immediately opened up my Safari on my phone and just typed in Kobe. And before I could even finish typing his name, it was like it was already got a request bar to talk that Kobe Bryant died in fatal crash, helicopter crash. And I clicked on it, and man, I couldn't talk for a second. I'm not gonna lie, and I was just. I, and it was awful because I was just sitting in the middle of nowhere riding through cornfields across Iowa and Nebraska with uh, the guy I was with. He actually isn't a sports fan, so he was he knew who Kobe Bryant was, of course, and because that, that's the impact he had on people. But it, it was just like I felt like I lost a family member, man. It's crazy to say that, but he was just that influential. So I was just sitting there, and it just kind of hit me starstruck, and I didn't know what to say. But for the first hour or so, I was pretty just silent. Now, when you talk about this too, how influential Kobe Bryant was, how was Kobe influential? What made him more than a basketball player? Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, a lot of people, they don't understand that Kobe, I mean, in my eyes, and this is, people can argue this till the day I die, and I'll never say anything different. And I respect everybody that came before him, Michael, LeBron. But in my eyes, Kobe Bryant is the greatest basketball player that played the game of basketball. And uh, some people look at you like you're crazy. Some people agree with you. But the, what makes that man so much bigger than basketball is people that don't dig into the sport very well, that didn't know him or didn't watch him at least, they don't understand what he was off the court. I mean, the dude was a father daughters, all girls, and it's just and a guy like him, you figured, you know, he'd, he'd be a son, he'd have some sons, you know, play some basketball, but that wasn't the case, and he was just a great father, he, he was a genius, man, he spoke four to five languages fluently, he was a shark in the business world, I mean, and he was just, all these comparisons and things that people made, like, in, on the sport aspect, like, oh, Kobe is better than LeBron, or LeBron's better than Kobe, we all made it seem like they hate each other, but little did we know, a lot of us didn't know that they were brothers, man. They were friends. They were great colleagues. They 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 understood a mutual respect for each other because of what they did off the court. I mean, they they just did so much, man. It's just I don't even know where to start, dude. It's just Kobe did. He he opened up. He was already on his way with his daughter Gianna, making women's basketball bigger than it's ever been with his thirteen-year-old daughter. And, and just that's the, that's the influence the man had. I mean, no offense to any people out there who are fans of women's basketball, but it's not that big, especially compared to the NBA. 
and his daughter was not near old enough to be in the NBA. But just the thought that she would be possibly in the NBA one day, it just made women's basketball so much bigger. And I always see on his social media, he would be tweeting or talking to someone like the Oregon's women's basketball program. And I'm just sitting here saying, like, and, and I, I believe that's why he had all daughters, man, because it, it was a, his second career was becoming just as successful as his first. And it's just, he was so much more than a basketball player, and I was, I was really interested to see what the man accomplished off the court. Yeah, and also, what I would ask you too, too is because I think it's really interesting when you talk about this, right? LeBron, guys like LeBron James looked up to this guy. People of LeBron James' stature just don't look up to anybody. Just talk about that, to have that type of respect from your peers. Man, it's, it, it's one thing to be a an average person. Let's just say you're in a job, you know, and you got to respect from a co-worker. But when you're the boss, because let's be honest, right now LeBron James, he's a boss. You know, he is. But when you're the boss and you walk into your office at work and you see somebody that, and you're just like, I have to shake this man's hand because you know what he's worked, you know what he's done, you know what he's able to do, what he could do, what he has done, everything on the table, it's just, it's a mutual respect that real recognize real, I guess you could say it in a simple way. And, and LeBron's the king, man, but, and even though we call Kobe the Mamba, the Black Mamba, he's the king as well, man. And, and, and that's just like LeBron James. I mean, he, like, there's probably, when it comes to the a man aspect, that's just far as someone who he's not related to, like LeBron's not related to or anything, and someone that LeBron looks up to that's not a family member or anything like that, I guarantee you could probably count those people on one hand. And Kobe being Bryant is one of those people, just because that's that's just a mutual respect that they have for each other, because they know what each other brings to the table, not just with basketball, but just life in general. And talk about and um, Brett, you know, you coach. Did you just talk about you know? And you probably deal with kids on a regular basis. Just talk about the thing that's really spectacular about Kobe. And you can teach us in any sport, male or female. Uh, just the will to win, you know, the dedication to prepare to be successful. Just talk about that. Oh, man. I mean, Kobe was the definition, man. And we all, like you talked before, man, I told you that Mamba mentality. It, it's, not, it's not something you can see. It's not an object. It's not something you can hold like a trophy up in the air after accomplishing something. But you, the way Kobe took his approach on everything, it's it was the will to be better than everyone around you, no matter and willing to put in the work. And when it comes to coaching, man, it's 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 more of a you're not going to have a million Kobe Bryant or LeBron James walking around. You're not going to have Tom Brady's walking around. You're just not. And, and, and it happens, but very rare. So when you're coaching at a lower level, you have to make sure that you get every single thing out of your players that you can. And Kobe is the and, – and, and I will preach this to the day, whether I'm coaching basketball, baseball, football, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I will always tell kids that Kobe is the perfect example to always look up. And honestly, you can watch him play like basketball. You can watch his highlights. But even watching his highlights, you just go, like, if you don't know anything about the man, you watch his highlights and you go, man, he's just a really good basketball player. But you really need to watch, I, I would tell the kids, I'd be like, you need to watch his interviews, 
You need to watch everything because you need to see this dude's mindset. You can't see him talk that much on the court. You need to see how bad this man is willing to win. And and yeah, his ability is there as well. But you can, with that mindset, you can take an average person and make them pretty good. And and, and that's what's and that's why I would try to instill that in every single player that ever came that I've ever coached or ever will coach because. I, it's a difference maker, man. If you can buy, have a whole team buy into that same mentality, the mama mentality that Kobe had. And cut him next. After the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Caleb Reardon on the show. Continue this Remembering Kobe podcast. Coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Caleb Reardon, uh, the host of the podcast, uh, Pointless Sports Opinions. How you doing, Caleb? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good myself. Now, what I want to talk to you about is, because that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about, it's going to be about uh, the passing of uh, the late, great Kobe Bryant, who died about a little over a week ago, but probably even more, a couple Sundays ago. Uh, so, Caleb, the first thing I want to ask you is, where were you when you heard the news? first happened were you like in disbelief like you know this can't be happening this is a hoax this isn't true or you were like oh my god this is real uh i mean it just felt so strange because like you know it, it was the night after lebron passed him at points and like kobe's still relevant in basketball even after since he's retired so like it definitely did not feel real uh it it was a weird feeling. It was like everyone's reporting it, and then obviously Wilkes comes out and confirms it. Um, and then, you know, there are certain news outlets that are trying to be trying to be first to the jump, so they're reporting false claims and stuff like that. So you're just trying to weed through the crap on social media. But I, I definitely did not believe it at first. It's still hard to believe. I, I don't think it's still fully set in. Now, you're a big sports fan. Uh, you have your own sports podcast, obviously. I, I just want to know this, right, as somebody that really follows sports and that's really into it. Uh, is this kind of like the biggest, like, sports depth or kind of like sports tragedy that you've ever kind of been a part of? Uh, definitely in my lifetime. Um, I, I can't really. I'm from St. Louis, so we had an outfielder on the Cardinals pass away a couple years ago, Oscar Tavares. That was pretty big, but, I mean, not even, not even close to as big as Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's... He's a global icon, and you know not only what he's done for basketball, but like with his family and like for the WNBA. This is definitely uh, 
definitely the biggest of my lifetime. The only thing I could even think to compare it to is Roberto Clemente, and I wasn't really around for that. Yeah, and I was kind of thinking when it happened, I was trying to think of, like, just deaths in general that compared to it. I was like, and I was thinking, like, when John McCain died, I don't remember anybody really talking about it. I was kind of like, I remember when uh, George Bush's father passed away. Uh, I don't remember really people talking about it. Like, the last time I remember, like, a death and people really talking about it was, like, when Michael Jackson died. Yeah, or Prince. Prince was a big one, too. Yeah, people people of that ilk, which kind of, like, talks about how impactful and how famous Kobe really was to kind of be in that ilk with guys like you know, Michael Jackson and Prince who were global icons in their own right. Right. I, I totally agree. Now, now, what I do want to ask you, what is your favorite Kobe moment? Like, like when you think Kobe Bryant, like, like what, what comes to your mind? Okay, so obviously, the big thing was, uh, I don't have a basketball team to root for. I never had. So, I kind of, when I first started watching basketball, was when, uh, kind of when Kobe's reign kind of the second act of his career was underway about 2007 8, 9, 10 that's when I first started watching him and I kind of just naturally latched onto the Celtics as a team and I'm still a Celtics fan to this day and so I was always cheering against Kobe so I have plenty of memories of me cursing at the TV you know regular season and NBA finals of this guy killing my team but it was always different it was like you know you hated playing against Kobe but I mean it, it was Kobe like it was just a different sort of hate. And then I would say the most, obviously besides like all the finals moments, and this is, I feel like this is an obvious one, but it was definitely his last game. I remember where I was during his last game. Uh, I, I watched some of it while I was at work, but then I got home from work and I was glued to the TV for about the second to the fourth quarter. I, uh, I was just watching him, you know, take 50 shots. He should have took 100 shots. And then in the fourth quarter, he, he, almost doesn't miss a shot and brings the Lakers back and goes out on top and then you know the Mamba out drops the mic it was just you know nobody could do that but Kobe go out like that yeah you know there's a lot of moments you could point to Kobe you can point to the 81 game uh the the first three Pete with Shaq uh 2008 to 2010 they go to three straight finals went back to back you know, that epic 2010 series with the Boston Celtics. Uh, you have any memories from that one? <laughs> oh, man, I tried to block him out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like to remember the 2008 one better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I choose to remember those times better. Uh, but it, it, it always sucked going against Kobe. But, oh, my Lord, was that guy fun to watch, man. Yeah, it's really interesting, too, because he was kind of – I always, like, when you ask me, like, who's my one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA now, I always think a guy like Kyrie, just because of, like, the beauty of Kyrie's game. Or even, like, I, I love watching Kevin Durant, or, like, when Steph Curry gets in the zone. And when you watch Kobe offensively, it was kind of like that. It's like, he's hitting all these crazy jump shots that you just can't stop. Yeah, he, he was just a killer, and he was going to do whatever he wanted. He didn't care. It was double or triple team. He, he, he was going to hit his shot. He, there was nobody that wanted to win worse than Kobe. There's just nobody. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, too, because I do feel like when people talk about, you know, the greatest players of all time, I feel like people do kind of shove Kobe to the side, obviously, because, you know, Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Uh, LeBron has been, you know, people say LeBron James to go to everybody always talks about LeBron MJ, but I think people truly forget, like, uh, perversely for me, I thought there was a stretch from 
and you said you were watching basketball around this time, 2007 to 2010, I thought Kobe was better than LeBron. As hard as it is to imagine that there was ever somebody that was as good as LeBron at any point in his career, I, I thought Kobe was better than LeBron, or at least at the same level as LeBron. So just talk about how good Kobe really was. Yeah, no, I, uh, I had, I definitely had friends I was having those conversations with at that time. Uh, was Kobe better than LeBron? I was always been, I was always on LeBron's side, but there was kind of that in between where Jordan retired and then LeBron came in, where it was kind of like, okay, who is the best right now? Is it Duncan? Is it Kobe? And Kobe was definitely always around, um, and he was, he was, he was making his runs deep in the playoffs, and you know, you just watch the guy and like. I think I've already said this, but like, there's just never, I don't want to say never been because Jordan was like that, but just, just the competitor he was like, just took it to 110%, pedal to the metal at all times, whether it was practice or the game, even when they were bad and he was hurt, like, he would be on Jimmy Kimmel and they would play a clip of like, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like Nick Young, Jordan Hill, they were like goofing off after they won a game. Oh, Carlos Boozer, was it that one? Yeah, it, it, yeah. Season, they were terrible, and he'd be on Jimmy Kimmel. He wasn't even playing. They would play the clip, and he was just like, "Yeah, that that wouldn't be happening if I was around." <laughs> you know, it, it's just funny. Like he, he, his greatness was just—I think it's unattainable for a lot of people. And you know, the Mamba mentality is—it's it's something that is very, very real, and not a lot of people have it. And he was—he was just a killer. Yeah, and it's. Too when you talk about like mama mentality, and I think, well, you know, you think of mama mentality. You talk about even you talk about how like the whole NBA and really the whole sports world, everybody's in shock. You see guys like Chris Paul and Kyrie Irving that don't play. But the, the funny part I think about when you think of the mama mentality, Kobe was going through a rape case in Colorado. He could have seen lose his family and you know lose his livelihood, go to prison, and then he's just after he's done with the court case, the next the next night he's flying back to LA to play in a playoff series and he's dropping forty points a game. Like that was the mama mentality, like. No, no matter what's going on, I'm going to play my best. Like, right, and you know he was able to block everything out, and you know it was basketball above everything else. And this prep, you just hear about his preparation too. He would show up to the gym hours and hours before, you know, at crazy hours at like four a.m. Get shots up and get like a couple workouts in on his on his game day while like picking his kids up from school and stuff. And you know he 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 really had his mindset on his goals, and he never. Never really felt short of it. Yeah, and it's interesting too because when you think of like, you know, like I feel like there's a whole new generation of athletes. When you see people that come up now, like everybody's like, I can't do this, I can't do it. Part of this whole AAU circuit, I feel like a lot of kids now, especially when you come up and you're really identified as being really good at uh, athletics, you kind of get pampered. Uh, and, you know, there's stuff now. We see with Kawhi. When Kawhi was in San Antonio, he didn't want to play through his injury or whatever that was going on. You know, that was what it was. And even load management now, but. Kobe played every time he could. Like, Kobe always stepped out there. Kobe always wanted to put on a show. I remember uh, Matt Barnes on his uh, podcast, All the Smoke, that he was talking, they were ta- had an interview with Kobe probably about two weeks before he died. And uh, he was talking about how when Matt Barnes was at UCLA, Kobe broke his right hand. So Kobe just practiced. He did like a four hour workout with his left hand. And then Matt, and then Matt Barnes was like, What the hell? Because this was Kobe's first two years when he wasn't playing. Like, when he wasn't playing, he was like, how the hell is this kid? How the hell is this dude on the bench? How was he on the bench? <laughs> right. He, he literally took time out of his day to whoop, whoop people's butts with his opposite hand, and he just didn't even care. Yeah, that was. And that really summed up Kobe. So now, what I do want to ask you when you talk about like 
the Mamba mentality. Do you think there's any guys now that kind of have that in the NBA? Oh, man. Um, to his level, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, LeBron's got it in some cases, but I just, I don't know. I don't know if anybody really has it. I mean, maybe maybe guys that are lesser skilled than him, maybe like a Patrick Beverly or, you know, guys that just have super, super high intensity levels. Um, or like Russell Westbrook or like KG had a big, uh, at a very high intensity level. But I would, I would probably say Giannis, maybe, because he, he seems like he he just wants to get out there and dominate. And he doesn't seem to play into the load management thing either. He just he just wants to play. And he seems really dedicated to Milwaukee. So, But I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think, I think it'd be doing Kobe a disservice to compare anybody to him, to be honest with you. Where do you have Kobe all-time in your all-time rankings, like the Pantheon? Oh man, I haven't updated him in a while. Uh, I always said, I always said he was around, man, somewhere in six to ten. It's just it's so hard because you have to compare eras and you know the overall talent. But he's definitely he's definitely a top ten player. He's got to be. He just has to be. Yeah, and uh, and also one of also the most impressive things about Kobe's career, which I think people really don't talk about, and LeBron's kind of done this too. It's his longevity. Like, right. Kobe was basically a top five player from, like, year four or year three to, like, year 17. Like, yeah. like not a lot of players can say that. And he was going in long, deep playoff runs, uh, you know, playing every game. Like, that, really, LeBron's only done it. Carl uh, Malone played for a long time, was highly productive, and the same with Kareem. But besides that, especially, I can, and they were – both uh, big men. I can't think of a guard or perimeter player, which requires a lot more athleticism, playing that well for that long of a stretch. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, it's, it's almost unprecedented. And, you know, it might not have stopped, but it might have caught up to him with the Achilles thing, and then, you know, the team suffered, and then they gave him that big contract at the end of his career. But uh, definitely, I mean, LeBron's got the longevity. LeBron's longevity is insane. We're in year 17, and he's still a top three player it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen but yeah I mean thinking about guards like I mean I could think about John Stockton he played for a long time but even he like his job wasn't physically demanding like like Kobe was but yeah it's it's, it's very absurd and to do it all on one team too I think that's special because that just never happens anymore even LeBron's on his and I think too it makes you know like the Kobe Bryant experience or the Kobe Bryant story so so much more interesting I guess than other NBA players if you're talking about their narratives is you know Kobe didn't always have the best moments like there was a lot of controversy with Kobe like you know you can talk about the rape case you can also talk about the fact that he was in a playoff series with the Phoenix Suns against the Phoenix Suns and he literally refused not to shoot in a closeout game and he said See how crappy my teammates are. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he he had those moments. Like there was the good and the bad. You know, there was kind of the Shaq feud. Like there were a lot of moments where Kobe were like ah, but, but there were a lot of great moments too. And there was kind of like that give and pull. And I think that's what I appreciate so much about his story and his narrative. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And you know, obviously we keep talking about the mama mentality, but like I think that may have you know, indirectly caused some issues. He wanted everybody to want to be as great as he did. He wanted everybody to 
grind as hard as he did. And he wanted everybody to, you know, want to win as bad as he did. And that's just not the case sometimes. Uh, you know, Shaq will come into the season overweight. Kobe, that drove Kobe nuts. Right? He, he, he doesn't like that. You know, he's been grinding all summer. He doesn't take days off. Shaq comes in 20 pounds overweight, takes him half a season to get in shape so they can make a title run. That grinds Kobe's gear. So, you know, and, you know, I don't think his teammates always love playing with him. But at the end of the day, you know, the greatness in the production just outweighs everything. If you got on Kobe's side, he was, you know, he brought you to a championship five times. So. Yeah, and you can even talk about, I, I was reading something about a couple of months ago about how Smush Parker said he bullied him, <laughs> which I, I can imagine how that would go, right? <laughs> but like, right. And, and it's like you talk about the guys that I feel like Kobe really liked when he was playing with, like guys like Ron Artest, you know, who's kind of like, you know, has a little bit of craziness in him, you know what I mean? Like Ron's like, ah, like all over the place, and Kobe like loves that. Or like even a guy like Matt Barnes, and Matt Barnes was talking about it. Kobe was like, if you're crazy enough to f with me after the you know the ball fake incident, he's like, you're crazy enough to play with me. Like, right? Like Kobe would probably love playing with Patrick Beverly. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. He, he wants guys to meet his intensity level. You know, he had like career teammates like Derek Fisher and you know Ron Artest that that were glued to him because you know they knew what to do and they knew how to make Kobe happy. And then you got guys like Shaq. You know, obviously they clashed. Dwight Howard, obviously they clashed. So maybe it did get in his way sometimes, but I mean, overall, I think he accomplished what he wanted to. And, and I think even when you mentioned he had the issues with Shaq and Dwight, but I think and both of them have kind of come out and said it now, and him and Shaq have kind of made amends already but uh, about a couple of years ago, but I think they ended up appreciating it because I feel like Maybe yeah. when you're playing in the moment, you don't understand. You know, it's like when your dad's always really hard on you. You're like, why was he so hard on me? It was like, because he thought I was really good. Like, it, it drove, it, it probably drove Kobe super crazy because Kobe's like, do you know how effing good you could be, Shaq? Why are you, why are you being late? Like, it, it, th- that's where it was coming from. Or Dwight Howard, he's like, do you know how physically dominant you are? Like, I just don't get it. Yep, no, I agree. You want to Shaq to do less movies, less rap albums, and more basketball. And you know somebody else who has, who has the mama mentality too? I was just thinking about it. Jimmy Butler. Sure. Jimmy Butler. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. That, that's a good one. That, uh, the big practice. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping everybody with uh, the second and third stringers. Yeah, no. He, he totally is. The, 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 that? You know, you even, you even saw videos of Kobe in practice. I remember, I remember this one video of Kobe in practice. Jeremy Lin was still on the team, but he's just screaming at everybody. He hadn't practiced in like a couple weeks. He comes back and he's like, I'm whooping everybody's ass. <laughs> you know, you guys would be nothing without me here. And he always said practices should be harder than the games. And, you know, that's how he was. Now, before I let you go, Caleb, I want to ask you this. What's the one thing you will remember most about Kobe? Like, what are you going to keep with you? Like, what are you going to tell 20 years from now when somebody asks you about Kobe? What's the first thing you're going to mention? Uh, oh, man. Definitely how hard he worked. I mean, that's just, that's just it, man. And, you know, his brand did grow bigger than basketball because not only did he work so hard in on in and on his game and to make the Lakers as good as they could ever be, but even after he retired, he, he worked his ass off to be a, a great family man and made a bunch of money in his own business and, you know, just did the stuff he wanted to do. And he was always very, very dedicated to what he wanted to do. And, you know, I, that's personally where I take most of them is like, if I'm going to do stuff, I want to do it well. 
and you know, he, he wanted to be the very best at everything. And I think that's definitely what I'll remember the most. Caleb, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, man. It's a good time. I'll come on anytime. <laughs> And I want to thank everybody uh, for coming on the podcast. I want to thank Jason Gavari. I want to thank Silas Garrison. I want to thank Brett Swader. And I want to thank Caleb Bearden for coming on the show. We got a lot of different perspectives about Kobe Bryant, what they, uh, where they were when they found out the news, how they felt, what he meant to them, their all-time rankings, like so much. Because Kobe's made such an impact. And it's funny. Like I said, Caleb's from St. Louis. Silas, Silas is from Buffalo. Jason's from Cleveland. Uh, excuse me, Youngstown, Ohio. And Brett, and Brett is from the South. We got people, Midwest, South, Deep South, uh, East, East, right? So much, such a different perspective. And, and Kobe was from L.A., right? Played basketball for the Lakers for 20 years. Caleb, Celtics fan, can tell you everything he loved about, about Kobe. Brett, Celtics fan, loves Kobe. Jason Kavari, Cleveland Cavaliers fan. LeBron versus Kobe, that rivalry. Still, Jason loved Kobe. Silas, LeBron fan. Like I said, Kobe versus LeBron. Still had it with the, still said what he had to say about Kobe. That's the impact Kobe Bryant had. We're probably going to have one more Kobe tribute podcast. Then with Jason Kavari, we're going to sit down and have a NBA history uh, podcast about Kobe Bryant and just what he meant to the game. But I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode, the under 29th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Next episode Friday, a lot of all-star, NBA all-star talk. So get ready for that. But thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, the 129th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Yeah.